Have you ever experienced a traumatic situation? Maybe it was the end of a close relationship or being bullied as a kid, having an illness, or even a failure in your past. Traumatic events aren't always the big things, such as the death of a loved one or an accident or having divorced parents. All of us experience difficult seasons of life, but sometimes we're not aware of the long-lasting impact that traumatic events can have on our mental, physical, emotional health, as well as all of our relationships. I have found that in my own life that I would minimize negative events or abusive people by saying, oh, that's normal. Yet emotional reactions such as anger, sadness, despair, helplessness, shame, numbness, and loneliness kept me from living a life that I truly loved and really stopped me from being the real me, from being authentic. And it's only when I began a healing journey of becoming aware of how past traumatic events and destructive relationships actually gave me the wrong view of myself and kept me silent from fulfilling my purpose and really enjoying my life. And so I want to help you become aware of, one, recognizing trauma and trauma stress responses so that you can begin your own healing process. And so today I have my friend and trauma expert, Sharon Wegman, with me, and she's going to share the importance of becoming trauma-informed and understanding the impact of trauma on our emotional, mental, and physical health, and then how to create a pathway toward recovery. So we're going to discuss trauma, what it is, how it affects us, how do we recognize when we're triggered, and what do we do as a result, maybe some unhealthy coping strategies. And then we want to give you some strategies on how to heal and how to be able to move forward, because we are both on a mission to equip you with insights and tools that you need to be able to move beyond old limiting beliefs to become truly who you are and the real you and reach your full potential. Now, if you've not listened to my previous episode on three keys to processing grief, then make sure you listen to episode number 72 right away after this one, and then grab my free resource, which is a PDF, a three-page PDF that really gives you an in, more of an in-depth uh, discussion on what I have found is a biblical blueprint for grieving any kind of loss. And then also tips on how to walk alongside someone that you care about who is in a grieving process. And you can get that free guide at lauriksnyder.com forward slash resources. Again, lauriksnyder.com forward slash resources. And I'll have that in the show notes as well as all of Sharon's contact information. All right, let's dive into my conversation with Sharon now because we want to help you thrive. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who he created you to be because you were created to thrive. 
to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. All right, my friends, today I am so excited to have my friend Sharon Wagman with us. And Sharon is the owner of Wellspring Solutions, which is a faith-based counseling practice focusing on healing the body, soul, and spirit. Sharon is also a faith-based leadership coach and developed a program called the Trauma-Informed Ministry. She has a heart for equipping leaders to become trauma-informed as they work on their own healing journey so they can be more effective in ministering to the people they serve. And I love that Sharon and I are both on a mission to help equip you with the insights and tools you need to move beyond old limiting beliefs to reach your full potential. So welcome, Sharon. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you, Lori, for inviting me. I'm excited. Yes. And you and I met through a Kingdom Women's collective that we're part of kingdom women connection. And so I've gotten to know you over the last few months. And I just said, you have to be on my podcast because you are such a wealth of knowledge. And we are both on the mission of really helping people walk in complete wholeness and health. So tell me about yourself, what you do, your business, who you help and all of that good information. Sure. So, um, I've been raised in a Christian family, and along the way, what happened was I just realized people always wanted to tell me their problems. <laughs> so <laughs> I went on to go to grad school and, you know, to become a counselor. I now own a counseling agency, and my goal has always been from the time I was very young, probably from the time I was 12, to bring healing to people. And what I found is that the church is very aware of physical healing and a little bit aware of emotional healing, but not as much. But over time in my world as working with trauma in my, my actual counseling business and all the therapists that we work with, we've just really decided that we need to help Christian leaders, whoever they are, become more trauma-informed so that they can actually bring healing to people because they understand what's happening in the mind, in the body, and how it's all connected. And that is so powerful. And that's why you're an expert in this area. So I wanted to have you on because I've also been on my own journey uh, really this last fall of really becoming trauma informed and understanding what goes involved or what's all involved with it. And I've just scratched the surface. So that's why I know, um, especially coming out of the pandemic, I think people are much more aware of traumatic incidents, incidences. So can you explain Sharon, what is trauma and how does that affect our mental and physical health? Sure. Trauma is any type of negative life experience. It could be a car accident. It could be an abuse situation. It could be a, a simple verbal assault from someone. But in the context of trauma can change the brain in that 
your body automatically goes into an alarm system for it to protect itself. God designed it that way. He's an amazing person. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. But what he's designed that for is so that this won't happen to you again. So anytime your body will sense something that's that upsetting to your body, it will put you into a protective mode so that your brain doesn't change even more. So what happens is uh, the car accident happens. And what happens is the experience of that for your brain literally changes the chemicals that are released in the brain, uh, the triggering part of the body that enables you to operate in logic, uh, operates in wisdom. You can't connect the two. Your feelings aren't matching what's actually happening. So there's a lot of disconnect that happens. And the more severely someone has experienced trauma, the more they have bigger reactions to things that can trigger their body. Sometimes they're not in control. Most of the time, they're not in control of their what their body is reacting to. And so understanding trauma is really understanding, yes, they've had some negative life experiences. And yes, the body has changed the reactions of a person. But God has also created ways for us to heal that brain. And so trauma is something that probably everybody on the face of the earth has in different measures. Uh, I often relate it as um, if I have an experience that is very upsetting like a car accident. We're going to keep coming back to that one. And I have a family system or a support system that can nurture me and comfort me and validate that pain and just soothe it. The impact of the trauma goes down. But if I do not have a family system that's able to validate how upsetting that was, that's able to be present and give comfort and nurture and care, then the amount of trauma that happened to that brain is larger than the person who has that safe connecting environment. Wow. So how, how do you recognize one? I think there's, there's, there's tends to be, we normalize things like, oh, that happens mm-hmm. to everybody. So we discount it. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, I think most people aren't aware of a lot of their behaviors being trauma responses. Um, Like we were just talking about that as therapists yesterday, this need to maybe even be perfectionistic in something like the people pleaser part of somebody that might be a trauma response. Like I need to fix this immediately and I need to make it okay. So it's safe again. Right. So even that is a trauma response. So just about anything that is a little more definitive of things that you feel you have to do, whether it's addiction or perfectionism, or even your body having a lot of illness, a lot of those things are trauma responses to triggers that cause that to happen. So how do you help someone recognize that? Because if they're not even aware that this is happening, how do you first become aware that this is happening in your own body or in your own life? Yeah. Now, obviously, as counselors, we're trained to take good inventories of what's your history, what was your relationships like, you know, when first time we're meeting someone, we're just asking them, you know, a lot of things that 
oh, did you struggle in school? Did you have a learning disability? Were you bullied? I'm listing off all the things that can cause trauma. And I'm enabling them to see, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that could be causing this. Right. And so we're kind of doing inventories to ask a lot of questions. And we encourage the people that we train to know how to ask those kinds of questions because identification is the beginning, right? Right. Stories told in safe places, whether I was bullied in fourth grade or I had an abusive mother. When stories are told in safe places, there is healing extended and there's the ability to recognize that which my brain was trying to keep me from seeing because it doesn't want me to be upset. Right, right. And I think you just brought up a a very important point because I think all of us have had experiences where we tell part of a a story that was uh, devastating to us, Mm -hmm. but it's not really a safe place. And a lot of times we can get shame from it. We can get a spiritual slap, so to speak of, well, the Bible says this and spiritual bypassing, or we just do that cliche of, well, you have the mind of Christ. So just get over it. So can you talk about that? The unhealthy patterns or or what that safe place has not allowed. And then how do we find someone that is a safe place? Yeah, that that's a lot. Um, I think one of the things that we often say is, particularly in Christian circles, lots of times we have made this a, well, there's two sides to every story. And when there's abuse involved, unfortunately, I'm going to say, no, there's not two sides to every story. And what has happened for a lot of abuse victims in the church and in our culture at large until recently is the abuse experiences that they had were minimized, were invalidated. And then what do you do when an authority figure, whether it's a parent or a teacher or a a spiritual leader, invalidates your experience? You should just forgive. We need to move on. That's not the way of God. All of those types of things. We minimize our experience and in turn, we really struggle with knowing I still have this response and I'm being told I shouldn't have this response. And then most of my clients will say they feel so different. They feel so broken. A lot of them just feel broken. And so part of what we do and, and what we hope everyone learns to do is just to validate the experience, to give empathy to the experience to say, this is okay. This is normal. The second I say it's normal, they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think that we need to define what normal is because we all think our normal is normal and it's, it's not normal. It's unhealthy because we've had these traumatic experiences, but we didn't know how to heal from them. We may not have had that safe person or parents, or maybe it was a coach, like you said, that authority figure, or a lot of times a pastor that discounts that minimalizes it. And then we think something's wrong with me. And then we get into that cycle of shame and it Mm -hmm. wasn't just a shameful experience. We become shame in our own mind. And how does the the brain, you, you talked to me before about how the brain can get rewired. So how does our brain get rewired from the traumatic um, experience? Right. So a lot of the healing of the brain really has, if we think of the body, soul, and spirit, we want to recognize that obviously 
God can renew our brain when we're in the word and we're worshiping. And science has proved that praying and being and singing and being in the word can change you, right? So science has proved that. But science has also proved that there's a lot of um, physical things that we can do to get it out of our bodies. That would include exercise and doing more meditative breathing and uh, just doing a lot of central nervous uh, resets. But another huge piece is having safe people that you can talk to because that's healing that attachment wound. And we can heal that attachment wound with God and God can enable us to have that secure attachment. But we can also do that through his instruments of people who are God focused and who are representing him. And so healing happens through the through relationships. It happens through work on our body. And it also happens through all those spiritual practices that we already operate in. Yeah, that's so good. And I think we all long to have that deep, meaningful connection. And I think just bringing these types of topics out into the open to say, this is part of God's will is that we would thrive spirit, soul, body, and you can't separate spirit from soul and body. It's all connected. So I just so appreciate what you're doing and who you help. And I love that it's a leader because a lot of times we think, oh, it's just for that person. No, this is everyday life because we're all leaders of some capacity. Absolutely. Whether it's in our home or our community or our, you know, for business or jobs and so forth. And so we can only, I always think about when you get into an airplane and they give you the instruction, a lot of times we tune out the instructions because we've heard them before. But one of the things they say is put on your oxygen mask first yes. before you assist anyone else. How does that work with? with um, becoming trauma-informed and really healing and recovering from those traumatic experiences. Yeah, and I think this is something that um, most people don't recognize, I think, because, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people haven't worked through their stuff and they yeah. don't know they have to work through their stuff. Yeah. But healed people heal people, right? Yeah. If I am intelligent in geometry, I can impart geometry to you. I can teach it to you. But if I have received my own mental health healing, whatever that looks like in my entire body, in my trauma, in my coping mechanisms, I can now impart that to you. But if I haven't learned that, it's only words. It doesn't contain the spiritual power that God desires to release through people. And so in my program, I'm really focusing on, yes, you got to heal yourself. And yes. this is why you have to heal yourself. Yeah. And then this is how you can engage with this population. Um, because the goal is for the leaders to become spiritually healthy so that they can impart healing to other people. Yeah. And that's so important. And as I mentioned uh, off offline before the broadcast, that my church is, I'm so proud of my pastor that he started uh, a series, a five-week series on emotional wellness. And he's talking about the topics of anxiety, depression, stress, grief, and things like that, that are so vital to us as a body and creating a safe place an awareness first, and then that safe place. And that doesn't mean you just go and talk to anybody. It's knowing that someone's not going to try and fix you. And I think 
church has not been an environment that has provided safety because we should we there's this impression that we should have it all together because we're in relationship with God and we've got the Bible and but church is supposed to be a healing place so people can be authentic and I think that's what you're doing too tell me about your program that you're doing with church leaders too so not just in the community and, and everyday people but also with churches. So I designed a program to really meet the, the, I'm going to say the way, the schema of how churches think, <laughs> the mindset of how people think in church settings. I was raised in it. I understand it. And I understand that the power of Jesus Christ, I do. But I also understand how to integrate what science has also proven to be true. And I believe God heals two different ways, miraculously or through understanding, right? So I wouldn't have been healed from a variety of diseases if I didn't have doctors who had the wisdom from God. So as I teach this program to pastors, I'm saying, here's different things. This is how you handle this situation. These are the protocols in these situations. This is this is some inventories I can give you so you can understand how what kind of questions to ask. They just don't know what kind of questions to ask. And just helping them understand what trauma is and then the benefit of my program is they can get on twice a week with me on a live Zoom and they can ask real-time questions. Like I just had a pastor last week asking me questions about this is this situation. What do you think I need to be doing differently in order for me to come become safe to that person? And I yeah. was able to give that person a format of what it should look like so that he's building safety so there can be greater release of healing in that yeah. person. So a lot of it is, so it's the training portion, but it's also the mentoring portion where they have the ability to access me and ask questions because they can't necessarily ask their parishioners. They can't always ask people questions about their own self yeah. because it might be used against them. Yeah. So this program gives them the safety of having the ability to discuss this in safe places. And that's so amazing because just me having gone through Bible school, we didn't get any of this. You know, we mm -hmm. learned how to understand the Bible and different spiritual principles and things like that, but we were never informed on emotional and mental health. And having gone through my own journey of recognizing, I didn't even know how to understand my emotions because we were even taught you got to put your emotions down because you're not going to be in faith. You don't, you're not led by your feelings. And it was almost like if you were feeling something, you weren't being spiritual, you weren't being in faith. Mm -hmm. And it's been such a disservice to the body of Christ because we've got to have that whole heart and your heart is a combination of your spirit and your soul. And that soul is your mind, your will and emotions. And so I think what you're doing is so important. And if people have their own church, how would they get in touch with you to say, hey, this could be something that our pastors need, our church needs? How would they best get in, in touch with you, Sharon? Sure. I think the best way to, to start that process would be to go on our website, which is the traumainformedpastor.com. Um, yes, it says trauma-informed pastor, but I really believe that all people are in a place of ministry wherever yeah. you work. So trauma, the trauma informed pastor.com. Yeah, that's great. And I will have all this in the show notes and 
I, um, I do want to ask you this question because this is something, like I said, I wasn't even aware. How do I even identify my emotions? We, we tend to know happy, sad, mad, <laughs> but we don't know how to uncover and go deeper to that or to understand what does my heart really even need? So how do you help people recognize? We talked about you know, what are some traumatic experiences? And we don't think like, well, I've never been in a car accident. No one's ever died. You know, I haven't have all this stuff, but even just being bullied online mm. is traumatic. It's a lot. How do you identify or uncover triggers? Triggers. Uh, triggers or just remote or traumatic responses. You mentioned traumatic responses. So I use triggers because it's just something like, yeah, I got triggered. Well, yeah. What is that about? <laughs> so, like, I always just say, I always say we can be triggered by, you know, individuals, you know, what they say. So just think about the five senses. If the five senses is how we discern our natural world, then we also need to understand that's also how we can actually discern our triggers. What's happening in my body? What did I see that I now have this picture in my brain? Uh, what did I hear? Why am I keep repeating that in my head? Triggers are anything that would cause a more, uh, an aggressive need to do a behavior or to think or he hear something negative in our brain, but it's always negative. It's never positive, <laughs> yeah. right? So, and that's, that's because the, the devil is evil. He wants to torment us, right? So he triggers lies and those lies were usually formed back in our past. Mm -hmm. So to name the emotions is something that we work on with people is to be able to name them, but the coping mechanisms sometimes they're not really aware of. And that's something that I have to teach in the program to be able to recognize this is the coping mechanism, your excessive need to clean that bathroom. What is going on there? <laughs> yes. That you are triggered and you need to be curious why you need to suddenly do this. And a lot of what we talk about is our emotions are really for us to be curious. What just happened? Why am I doing this? <laughs> Why am I feeling this in my body? Why do I suddenly need to go eat Oreos? Right. I, why I need to be, that's, that's the math going backwards to figure out why am I triggered? Yeah. And that's so important. And to become, here's the thing that I've, and this when, when I coach people too, we become self-aware, but not self-critical mm -hmm. because that inner critic wants to come in and go, why do I always do this? And we beat ourselves up because we should be beyond this by now. Right. But that should just be a, like a signal on your car saying alert, something's here, pay attention to it. Yes. And then what you're saying is if we have a safe person to talk to that doesn't try to fix us doesn't point out, we don't want Job's friends that are just going to say, <laughs> you're the problem, get over it. Um, mm -hmm. Stop doing that. But recognizing how do I even feel? How am I using an unhealthy coping strategy such as self-sabotage yes. or binge eating or binge watching Netflix just to escape, right? We're either going to run to something or run away from something yes. as yes. a way of coping. And then how do we, because the brain is trying to protect us, right? You hear a lot about neuroscience, brain science, and the brain is trying to protect us to keep us safe and secure. Mm -hmm. right. So what you're saying is by talking out our story, 
in a safe environment with a safe person who's walking along to say, let's get curious about that. And I love that word. We need to become curious about it instead of condemning, become curious. And what does my heart really need to feel safe and secure? And then how do I go to the Lord to find that? Can you kind of walk through that just a little bit? Sure. Um, can I just use a personal experience? Personal. So, that might like, so just, um, we were, I've had a really stressful week at work and, um, sometimes our work days don't finish until around eight 30 at night, go home. I met with our credit card was hacked. Right. And so I'm not going home to a safe place. <laughs> yeah. I'm now getting triggered by that. And the other person in my house triggered as well. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And so I go to bed and then I wake up in the middle of the night. Why am I waking up in the middle of the night? I didn't, I wasn't able to process. I wasn't able to comfort my body. I wasn't able to bring myself into a safe space. And if I, and so then the next night when I got, went home, right. I went out and I'm going to walk it out. I'm going to get all those endorphins and serotonin and nor all those nor transmitters released in my body to be in a relaxed state. I'm going to talk it out, right? To get it out of my body so that I can rest. And I rested really well last night, right? But if I didn't process the trigger, I would have been just, oh, I'm so, I can't believe this happened to me. But I processed the trigger and I said, what was that about? Oh, this is what I need to do differently. And that's how we change. We are curious to figure out what was the math, what was the emotional math that led me to this negative experience Mm -hmm. so that I don't do that again. Mm, That's so good. That's so powerful. And if someone doesn't have a safe person at that time, would you recommend journaling as a way of getting it out? Even if they can't, let's say they can't verbally process it, is journaling a good exercise for them to do? Sure. Yeah. And I think it's really important to name what was I thinking? What was I feeling? And what do I need? You know, just so I'm verbalizing it. But I, because I'm a Christian, I'm saying, God, this is what I'm thinking. God, this is what I'm feeling. And I'm asking you to take these ashes and I need you to redeem them. I need your affirmation tonight. I need your comfort tonight. I need you to minister to me. And I allow him to do that because I'm looking for it. I'm not going to miss it when I journal it. I'm going to see it when I journal it because I've named it. I won't, I don't recognize God's work in my life if I don't name it. So powerful. Such a, such a great truth. Is there anything else before we are done that you would recommend for the person to say, Hey, I, I, want to become more aware of my past experiences. So would you recommend them? Like if they didn't have someone, let's just say they want to start that journey before they're ready to go deeper with someone like yourself, what would they do? Would they go through their past and say, okay, Lord, what are some of the traumatic experiences that I need to be aware of in a very safe place with him? Is that helpful for them to start looking at that or no? I'd rather, I'd really rather have another person present when they start going to traumatic places, because I just want them to have the comfort and safety they didn't have before. So if you don't, and this is true for a lot of people who are very traumatized, they don't have a safe environment. They were raised with a lot of traumatic people. It's not good, right? So 
they've tried to find that in churches, but they don't know how to find that in churches. So I say, find a coach, find somebody who is a counselor, because you can at least have that one person who's your safe person. And then we can build from that because as you have that healing that happens through that relationship, you can then expand and build your social circle. But it's very difficult to go to the trauma with just God if I don't already feel safe with it. And it's very difficult to build a support system if I haven't already had one person that I can be safe with. Thank you for that. Because too many times we try to do it alone. We think I can do this. So I kind of set you (laughs) up without you knowing it. But I (laughs) I was like, no. Well, you know, that's where I, I, that's the answer that I had, but I didn't want to give the answer. I wanted you as an expert to say, we cannot do this alone. The problem is when we're isolated, we start believing our own lies. And that, and I read us something the other day that said, the more times we tell a story without having um, healing involved, we actually start changing it and we believe a lie that we start telling ourselves. Yes, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It has to involve safety for the body. It has to involve safety from another person in order for it to be diminished. Yeah. Thank you for for saying that because it's so important that we need help. We can't do this alone, but we need the right help. And you are a tremendous resource. And I'm so glad that we are friends and I've gotten to know you because you are an amazing person as well as what you do and and how you serve others. So remind us again, your website, the trauma informed pastor.com. Okay. And then how can they find you on social media? Sure. Um, we, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook. And I think on those pages, we are the trauma-informed ministry. Yeah. Uh, just because the pastor part eliminated people who are just wanting to be in regular ministry in their car dealership, right? Yes. They wanted to be in ministry. And when they saw the pastor, they did, oh, that's not me. So we changed it on social media to the trauma-informed ministry. Okay. That's wonderful. And I'll have all that in the the details as well. So Sharon, and my husband is in business, but that's his ministry. I mean, we're all called, the Bible says that we're ministers, no matter what we do. It's not a vocation. It's what we all have a message to give about what the Lord has done in our life. And so we just want to live in a very healthy and healed hold way. So there are things we can do spirit, soul, and body. And I just thank you, Sharon. It's been a wonderful time being with you and I'm sure I'll have you back on for a follow-up in the future. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. All right. Until next time you were created to thrive. Friend, I hope you were blessed by today's episode, and I pray it encouraged you or helped you grow in some way. If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with someone else who's been praying for a breakthrough, or they want to grow or need encouragement or empowerment? I would also love it if you would go take 30 seconds to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. This is how I know you're liking this podcast, and it also helps others become aware that I exist and they can hear the gospel. You can take a screenshot also of your review and then share it with me on social media. Tag me at Lori, L-O-R-I-K-A-Y, 
Snyder, S-N-Y-D-E-R, Lori K. Snyder. And that way I will know too that this is a blessing to you. Thanks so much, friend.